Wait a minute. Hear this. by the Sales IQ Network. This is the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Presidenti, and each week we'll be going on a journey that will inspire you, motivate you, and help you be the best sales professional you can be. Our focus will be on mindset, tactics, and the strategies that will enable you to create more pipeline and win more deals. Selling during tough times and during times of uncertainty can be stressful. We're now going into the third year of this global pandemic. I don't think any of us would have thought that this challenge would still be going. But what we're now seeing is the challenge is having, or this pandemic is having some other unintended consequences. We're now seeing you know, global supply chain issues, labor market issues. There's a whole variety of issues that are impacting our customers, impacting us as sales professionals. Now, the challenge this presents us is it can be quite demotivating. You know, the whole premise of what we do, the whole thing around selling is bringing that level of enthusiasm, bringing that level of energy, that optimistic viewpoint into into our world, into our opportunities. And with all the negative kind of vibe that we're hearing, you know, the negative sentiment from news agencies, et cetera, it can fundamentally impact a level of motivation and our desire. But this also presents us an opportunity. And that's what this week's episode is all about. We've got the incredible Meredith Elliott Powell, who's the author of Thrive, Strategies to Turn Uncertainty to Competitive Advantage. And we're going to talk about some of the strategies within the book that really does enable sellers to shift their mindset, shift their focus, instead of looking at things in that negative mindset, that fear, allowing fear to prevent us from taking action. In the episode, we're going to talk about how we can shift our mindset well, how do we capitalize on the opportunities that occur as a result of an uncertain marketplace? Change breeds disruption. Companies are in somewhat a challenging market condition. Now, as sellers, this is when we're needed the most because we know that when we can solve a problem, when we can help a company achieve a better outcome, we have an opportunity we're obligated to go and talk to these companies. And this is the difference between a high-performing sales professional during times of uncertainty to a mediocre or low-performing is that the high-performer won't wait. They won't say, you know what? The market's tough, uncertainty, there's some challenges, I'm just going to wait it out. They're going to be proactive. They're going to double down. They're going to do what's required to get the job done. And that's what I love about this episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Create Pipeline program from Sales IQ Global. This program will equip you with the skills, tools, and confidence to run an outbound strategy so you can generate more qualified opportunities and close more deals. Hear what Alice from DocuSign has been able to achieve since joining the program and our incredible community. So my name's Ellis and um, I work at DocuSign as an EBR. And the, the reason I started Sales IQ was because I really needed that that guidance and that training to make sure that the outreach that I was doing was hitting the nail on the head. So I was lucky enough to, to start the program um, early on in, in this role. And um, since then, I've been pretty successful. And last quarter, I finished on 185%. So have um, have seen some huge results by adopting the principles. Our next cohort is starting soon. So to learn more, go to www.salesiqglobal.com. Or if you have a team of sellers, talk to us about our in-house offering. Control your pipeline, control your destiny with Sales IQ.
The other thing that we've got as a result of having Meredith on our episode this week, we've got her book to give away. So we've got 10 of her books to give away. So obviously they're going to go quite quick. So all we need you to do, just give this episode a rating. If you really like it, give it a rating on any of the podcast players uh, that you listen to this podcast on. Take a photo of it and send it across to us at hello at salesiqgroup.com and with your address and we'll actually send the book out to you. It's a great book. I've listened to it on audio and I've read the book and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Welcome to the show, Meredith. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited. Obviously, I've had the pleasure and I've had the privilege of seeing you present live and yeah, absolutely blown away from the experience you created live and also the online courses that you've created are incredible. And, and we'll make sure we put um, some show notes to talk to show where people can go and engage with you. But I just want to say thanks for coming on our show. Um, we're really excited because, you know, your latest book, Thrive, How to Turn Uncertainty into Competitive Advantage was one of my favorite reads last year. And there are so many strategies in there to help sellers be the best they can be. But before we get into today's episode, do you mind just sharing with our listeners a bit more about you and and, and your sort of just a quick intro to who you are and, and your career? So basically, I came up through the corporate world, probably like a lot of your uh, listeners. I started out in travel and tourism, went into the healthcare space, and then into finance. And I never thought that my career made a lot of sense until one day I was doing a podcast and I was asked about it. And I realized I went into travel and tourism after a hurricane. I went into healthcare after um, here in the U.S., the government started to make cutbacks. And then I went into the finance arena when regulation started to come in. And I figured out what I'm good at. And the reason I get attracted into industries is when disruption and uncertainty happens, is that really helping people find the path through what feels like challenging times and turns that into opportunity. So that led to me starting my own career. Awesome. And just the language that you just used just then is, is a testament to who you are and what you represent, right? Because I think, you know, you just said that. How do you turn a challenge into an opportunity? You know, how do you flip that? And I think for many of us, the last two years have presented challenges we've never had to work through. And so, you know, the strategy, how do we, how do we turn the challenge into an opportunity when we've never experienced um, this type of environment before? And this is one of the reasons why I was really excited to get you on for our month of mindset, because... As I was reading your book, I actually listened to the audio and and it was just great, like the analogies, the strategies in there. So tell us a bit about, like, talk to us about what inspired you to write this book and was it planned, like when did you plan it or did COVID kind (laughs) of bring this, accelerate the book to, to bring to the audience? You know, one of the things I love about being a salesperson is that I feel like 90% of what we do is listen to people. And so way back in 2018 and 2019, if we can all remember what our world was um, pre-COVID, I was listening to customers and you probably found the same thing and every listener did. Everybody was talking the same language. Oh my gosh, business is amazing. We're having our best year on record. But everybody was waiting for the uncertainty. They were Mm -hmm. saying, when is the ball going to drop? When is the bottom going to fall out. And I kept hearing that over and over. And I thought, 
why does uncertainty always have to be a bad thing? And why are we waiting for it mm -hmm. to show up? And what could happen if you're in your organization, if you could actually flip the script on that? Like what opportunity could you create if you started keeping with your um, month of mindset, if you started to believe that uncertainty was exactly what you needed to do, mm -hmm. to, you needed to get a foothold in the yeah. uh, landscape. And that basically, I became obsessed with that. And that basically put me on a mission way back in 2018 and 19 to start researching the book, which I did. And then like everybody else, I got busy and the book sat on the shelf yeah. and I had done a lot of the research, but then 2020 hit, my business blew up like many people's did. And I didn't know what to do. So I went back to this research and I was like, wow, yeah. these you know, it was the companies that I had researched, those leaders, they hadn't only come through all the disruption that I thought about, but I was like, my God, they've survived a pandemic. Yeah. What if I could figure out what they did and share it with everybody? So that's, that's sort of where the book came from. I wanted to take the pain out of an uncertain environment, the guesswork out of an uncertain environment, give people hope and then back it up with the methodology. And that's what the book is about. And what was one of the, the sort of the biggest aha moments from your, when you were doing the research on companies that really excelled during moments of crisis, what was the biggest aha moment for you? Yeah. That was this so easy is that success isn't logical. It is not about, I love this. It's not about how much money you have. It's mm -hmm. not about being in the right business. It's not being better educated than anybody. It is 100%, 100% about what you choose to focus on. And that was the biggest aha moment for me because the one thing people want in an uncertain environment is control. Yep. And it's the thing we don't believe we can have, but you have control over what you focus on. It's not easy but you have control over it. And that was amazing to me because these companies that made it, it makes no sense. Yeah. But what, what the difference was, they charted the course, they followed the methodology and they just forgot about the stuff they couldn't control. They let it go. That's, a, that's amazing. That's a, I mean, I love that because I've been looking at this myself, really thinking about the mindset of a sales professional, right? There is a difference. It's a mindset between a salesperson and one of a professional. And I think what you've just helped us really understand is that circle of control versus the circle we just simply cannot control. It's shifting the focus and going, how do I, the choices that I make with my time is fundamentally going to enable me to achieve certain outcomes. From a, you know, flip this, because you're a, you know, a consultant, you work with a whole variety of people. What does stop when you're looking at people that say might, be experiencing a challenge and they're focusing on the wrong things right you know what's some of the strategies that you've helped people work through to help them move from that reactive to proactive state of mind yeah i think it's i think it's really important first of all to not 100% ignore those things that we're worried about and one of my favorite exercises with people is i mean there's a lot of fear 
in uncertainty. Yeah. And you and I have both worked with companies that really got hit. They got hit hard. I mean, if you were in travel and tourism, if you were in the restaurant industry, I look at companies now who came through COVID beautifully and now they're dealing with supply chain issues. I mean, those are valid fears and complaints. You have to get that out. Yes. So I think one of the most important exercises is I sit down a lot with teams or with leaders and I say, tell me everything you're worried about. What's keeping you up at night? What are you afraid of? And get that all out. We make a list. We put it out all out on a big whiteboard or a sheet of paper. And then we take that list and we say, let's divide it into what we can control and what we can't control. You can't put things aside until you talk about the fear, but you can't allow that fear to go on. I mean, there's nothing wrong in your organization with having a time where you allow salespeople to complain about the competition, about the fact that they're getting hammered with price, about all that. Let them get it out, but then put an end to it yep. and move on. Yeah, absolutely. And But that fear that you talk about, right, because I think fear is a, a very powerful emotion. We know that yes. fear will it will compel us to take action and it will also paralyze us and it, mm -hmm. you know, it stops us from moving forward. How do you work like, because again, it's, it's, I think for most of us, some of that fear that we've been experiencing is, is a lot of fear we've never really worked through before, right? If you have been sitting on the fence and you've been a sales professional that's kind of tried to be proactive, but that fear has created that level of uncertainty and anxiety What's one strategy that they can do to kind of move away from that? Still know, accept that fear is there, but embrace it and then move away from that stopping me to taking action. So, you know, number one is that I do want you to work through that exercise where you get that fear out of your body mm. because you do have to release it. But after that, you either can do this yourself. I would prefer if you sit down and do it with a salesperson who's succeeding through an yep. uncertain marketplace. And somebody who is succeeding in an uncertain marketplace, they are willing to help you. I have no doubts about that. But you need to stop focusing on the result and get actions and behaviors in place because we can focus on actions and behaviors. So, you know, again, if you want to move through the fear, I want you to stop worrying about what you can't control, which is whether you'll hit your goal, whether your company will be here, whether the competition will swallow you up. But what you can control and you can focus on are the actions. Yeah. Your target market, how many sales calls do you need to make? What's your follow-up strategy? Mm. You know, who are you prospecting? Get really, really clear yeah. on those actions and do it every day. You know, years ago, I saw a great interview with Gabrielle Reese, who's a famous volleyball um, player. Yeah. And any man who's 40 years or older knows who Gabrielle Reese <laughs> is. But I saw her interviewed one time about how you become an Olympic champion, how you get somebody who is at that status. And she said, I work out every day, whether I want to or not. Yeah. And someday my workouts are awful. I don't have any heart or any feeling in it, yep. but I do it even though they weren't good. Consistency is one of the most important words in moving through uncertainty. Mm. You just have to do the work every single day. And somehow like magic that is going mm. to carry you through. And I love that. And it's funny you, you shared that example because I was doing this with a, I did a sales kickoff earlier this week for a client and obviously there's a lot of uncertainty, right? And there's a clip of, and I'll have to send you the clip post this and we might even put it into the show notes. It's a 2002 Winter Olympic Games. It's ice skating. 
the guys in a final. It's a very famous Australian story. The gentleman, Bradbury, his last, coming into the last leg, it's only 90-second race. The four people in front of him collided. They fell down and he won the race. And everybody said he was lucky to win. But then when you hear the interview, he says, it took me 12 years to get to that starting line. <laughs> right. <laughs> he said, yeah. I trained, I injured myself. He he cracked, he cracked. fractured his neck at one point for an injury. And he's like, that 90 seconds was a result of the 12 years of preparation. So, um, so, so true. You know, the other thing I think is if you're leading a team that is fearful, mm. focus on progress instead of result. Mm. That is that is something else that's really important. You know, if people are doing some things they hadn't done before, if they're making some progress, they don't have confidence right now. And you've got to hold that confidence for them. So maybe they're not achieving everything, but they're better than they were a week ago. And if you focus your time and your energy, you'll get there. And yeah, that's exactly right. And I think this is all thoughts and I'm really enjoying this episode because fundamentally what you're explaining is it's really shifting the focus on the positive attributes of what's happening versus the negative components because yeah. positivity will breed positivity, right? And it then it creates that momentum. So I love this. In your book, you talk about conditioning for change, like condition mm-hmm. yourself for change, right? What are some of the things, again, from a from a strategic perspective, you know, where where should I be starting as a sales professional that's looking to really get that that mindset shift to elevate themselves this year? So you hit on one of my favorite um, strategies. Change can be your greatest opportunity if you see it coming. If you ignore change, it's going to bury you. And the yep. thing that I the thing that I think is funny about change is we all know it's coming. But we sit here and wait for it. I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I need to study why we do that. So I really. Um, one of the things that I found fascinating when I did the research and I wrote the book was that people who navigate uncertainty really well aren't waiting for change to happen. They're predicting change. Yeah. And so there's a tool that I think sales teams should use themselves. But I think it's it's a tool that they also should use with their customers because I think the value. And the opportunity to increase sales is helping your customers navigate change. And we use this tool called a skeptic. It's just a matter of words. It's just society, competition, economics, politics, technology, industry, customers. And we can put it in in the show notes. But it's a matter about getting the team together and talking about what you see happening outside of your organization. What's your competition doing? Has this uncertainty brought about mergers? and acquisitions? Are there shifts and changes that you could turn into major opportunities? What's happening with technology? I was working with a financial institution that deals with a lot of people over the age of 65, and we're doing this. We noticed that people that over the 65, they had never gotten to go to technology. Now in the age of COVID, Mm. didn't want to come in. So there was opportunity in technology we had never seen before. So you need to understand that there's more happening externally than internally. And if you do this, you start to get comfortable with Mm. change. And the more comfortable with change you are, you may not predict it correctly, but you'll be so open to flex and change. And that's, and that's what you want to be able to do, but also work Mm. it through with your customers, help them navigate change. You want to be valuable, help them navigate the uncertainty. Yeah. I think you're so right because the reality is if we're, if we're sales professionals, especially in the B2B world, we are selling change, right? We're asking Absolutely. them to change from whether one system to another. It could be a process, 
And within that change, they've got to have a that appetite to change, um, because there's going to be pain in change as well. Like we all know that. And I think <laughs> I love what you're explaining here because it's saying, don't wait for it, embrace it, and be proactive and really consider what's required to make that change happen. The other thing that I really loved in your book, and uh, I'll never because I was listening to the audio book as I do when I'm running, and you spoke about what you start to visualize and what you start to put in front of your eyes starts to come about. And I think you used, I think it was a blue shampoo bottle, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or something, I can't remember if it was that one, but then, and then all of a sudden, or blue something. And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you said, once you start to sort of visualize it, it starts popping up. Talk to us about, again, for, for sales professionals or for our, for our community that's trying to go out there and make magic happen. Why is that visualization component and really putting things in your sight, line of sight, such an important part of, of, of designing, you know, of being, being successful in an uncertain time? You know, I live in, what you're talking about is a strategy called relentless uh, vision. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and this is a part of the world that's all about woo-woo and spirit and energy and everything. And so I could go down that path, but I'm going to go down the science path. And the science path is exactly what you were talking about with the blue shampoo bottle. I mean, if everybody listening to this right now closes their eyes and, and I say, open your eyes and look for the color red you'll start to see red everywhere in your office. You'll start to recognize things that you hadn't seen before. So you need to start to condition your brain. Luigi, if you got up this morning and said, you are going to hit your sales goals and you see yourself being of real value to your customers, you see your company going another level and innovating the way that, that your industry impacts customers and delivers service. And I got up and I said, oh my God, I'm really worried I'm not going to hit my sales goals. If I call a customer today, I'm, they're not going to want to talk to me. Your brain is going to find the positive all day. And my brain is going to find the negative. What you ask your brain most importantly, the questions that you phrase, your brain will find the answers Mm. to. It's like a machine. So doing this piece, you know, look, I I am like a, I'm a sales girl at heart. I was like all this stuff about strategy and vision. I didn't need any of it. Just get me in front of a customer and let me mow them down and sell them something. But the more that I get in there and the more that I understand it really is. I think it's fascinating that we can train our brains and yeah. what you put into it really matters. So worry about that. Think about that talk. Mm-hmm. And you, the, a relentless vision is about the fact I have mine right here. Start my morning, reading my note cards every yeah. day. It's my vision for my life. I just yeah. look at it. I do it again at lunch and I do it again before the end of the day because I want my mind to find the opportunity. Please understand success is not logical it yeah. doesn't if, if we sat down and tried to map out why you're going to be successful and i'm going to be successful we're going to end up drinking because we're going to be so depressed with the obstacles in front of us but if yeah. we feed our head the right stuff we are going to find our way through the maze and find it successfully through the maze yeah this is great feedback i mean i think look i'm i'm pretty fortunate i i, I started at an early age with that positive conditioning and, you know, listening to some incredible stuff from like the, the Paul J Myers and the all Nightingales of this world who, you know, and I remember Meredith, my best year yet, or not my best year yet, the best year that I had from a sales perspective in my career, I listened to the same, it sounds a bit silly, but I listened to the same CD at the time 
every single day. And it was Paul J. Myers' best, best of. And it was like a 50-minute track and he said some of the things. And I can still recite some of the things today. It was like, you know, 13 years ago. But because I was driving my car between appointments, it just con- it conditioned me, right? It was the positivity, as he said, was oozing out of me, right? Because I, I created that charisma and that attraction that when I went into opportunities, I got the best out of the most of the opportunities I was working on. But sometimes I find that even though I know the recipe for success, so I know that I need to have positive conditioning, it's sometimes hard to execute on each day, mm-hmm. right? What are some of the strategies that you use to keep that a non-negotiable? What works for me, and I think you've got to find out what works for you, but what works for me is to keep things consistent. I do them in small bites. I mean, okay. I meditate every morning, but I don't meditate for more than 10 minutes. And I read my relentless vision every day, but my relentless vision can be read in less than 20 seconds. Okay. And so I fall off the wagon occasionally, hmm. but it's hard to argue that I don't have 10 minutes, that I'm not going to waste 10 minutes yep. somewhere in a, somewhere in a day. I, you and I, we were talking in the green room. I'm, I'm a big believer in exercising every day like mm. you are. So if I can do 20 minutes before eight o'clock in the morning, I'll do another 20 minutes somewhere in the day. Yeah. So I would say another thing is I don't put things off. I don't meditate at five o'clock in the afternoon. I, I set my day with small, tiny bits. I make mm-hmm. sales calls in small bits. I mean, no more than two or three sales calls a day because I'm not going to have a half a day to make sales calls. So for me, what works is small increments of time because it's hard for me to argue that I even, I even do a plank every night before I go to sleep. And this, this cracks my husband up that I've, I've done it for over two years, but at nights that I don't feel like doing it, this is the talk I'm having. You don't have 60 seconds to get on the ground and do a plank. That's ridiculous. Get on the ground and do a plank. So those small bits of time work for me. I can argue myself out of an hour. I can't really argue myself out of 10 minutes. Yeah. But you know, it is. And I, I, again, I resonate a a lot with what you're saying, because again, I've had to really look at my non-negotiables and say, Hey, these are some things for so many years. It would be, I was a creature of habit, right? get up at a certain time, I'd do a certain, you know, I'd have my routine, get started with work, et cetera. And I allowed COVID, it wasn't COVID didn't do this, but I allowed the working from home scenario, the the mandates, the lockdowns, I allowed the my non-negotiables to become negotiables. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I felt the, you know, because there is negativity in a day, but my ability oh, sure. to cope with that, and my resilience levels and my ability to kind of turn a negative sort of thought pattern into positive was actually, I was finding it harder and harder. It was kind of like, you know, the meter yeah. <laughs> on empty. The minute I shifted that approach and said, right, hang on a second, I've just got to recalibrate, recognize that I've gone down a different path. I felt, literally felt my mindset change. I literally felt better, you know, training, swimming, whatever it was, I actually felt more energy. Um, I was okay the other day. I was okay at three o'clock to have a nap because I'd got up at yeah. four a.m. Right, I actually said, you know what? I'm giving myself permission now. Thirty minute nap was the best. <laughs> <laughs> I put a podcast yeah. on. I fell asleep. I woke up. I'm like, great. I just do my last my last um, part of the day. So, I really appreciate you sharing with that because I think that's the other challenge that we can all face is we set massive objectives for ourselves. Yeah, and sometimes they're too hard to attain. 
or way, way too hard, you know? So I think that's great. What you're talking about is actually setting some little micro micro steps that over the course of a day, you're ticking them off and you're actually ticking off something quite big. So, yeah, I'm also a really, you know, when you talk about taking a nap, it just hit me. And this is really important thing too. I'm not a big believer in time management. I believe in managing my energy. Yeah. So my friend, my friends really laugh at me. I'm like you, I get up at four o'clock in the morning, but typically most mornings, if I'm in town by seven or eight o'clock, you'll find me on the tennis court. I leave to go do the things I want to do at three o'clock in the afternoon. I might walk out the door and play nine holes of golf, or I'll go for a mountain bike ride. I am managing the yeah. things I enjoy into my day all day long. And yeah. I think knowing what pours energy into you really isn't really is important. And to give yourself the room to do that. I love that you gave yourself the room to take a nap. You deserve that. And you come back charged. Your- and, and again, I, I think to what you just said, you do what you need to do to give you that energy and for me i'm not necessarily big on time management i'm just big on i've got to be effective with the time that i spend on certain tasks Mm -hmm. and when i'm effective and i'm getting things that i need done i don't feel guilty and again i found last year i was spending more time at my desk right i was getting less done and then when i wanted to stop i felt guilty (laughs) so you know but but i think again this is the whole purpose this is what i love about our journey you know which i've been in sales my whole life so i can't talk about other other careers but this is what i love about the journey of what we do right because we're constantly learning yeah we're constantly evolving i find that this year i feel like I've, I've, i've reinvented myself because the shackles of the of the pandemic for me is kind of coming off travel yeah. not far away now and i'm feeling like i'm 25 years old again about <laughs> to get right. back on a plane going to my first business trip i cannot tell you how excited i am by it so <laughs> so just before we i know that you know gotta let you go but i could talk to you for hours before we let you go we just would love what's your sort of for anyone that's either doing great or not doing so great what's a piece of advice you can give them to say hey from a you know competitive advantage perspective how do we maintain that positive focus where even when things don't go to plan yeah i think the most important thing that i can tell you and i believe this into my bones is realize this is not about you it has nothing to do with you and i think that's where fear and depression come in is because you're worried about yourself you know when i was a little kid my mother used to tell me that the fastest way to get past my own problems was to go out and focus on somebody else's and when all of this happened it immediately hit me. I needed to be out there helping my customers. And I believe as sales professionals, we have never been more essential than we are right now. As I look at the year that we're facing, your um, customers, your prospects, they need you more than, so forget about your own problems. Forget about everything else that you have going on. Focus on them. The irony is that focusing on them, helping other people is going to be your path out. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. So Meredith, before we wrap up, where is the best place for people to connect with you and find you? So I tend to live on LinkedIn more than I, I do anywhere else. That's the best social media channel. You can also find me at my website which is simply valuespeaker.com, just the words valuespeaker.com. I'm a massive believer. Build your network. It will change your life. So if you connect with me, I will connect with you. Awesome. I just want to say, Meredith, like I said, I've had the privilege of seeing you in person. You know, it's an incredible experience. I've personally benefited from your content. So I want to say thank you for um, the, the contribution you make to our profession. You're helping elevate sales, be the best they can be. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. This has been great. 
This show has been recorded remotely, produced by Sales IQ Global. Audio editing and music production by Stefan Maliati. Show notes by Victoria Matheson and graphic design by Julie Marshall. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on your podcast player. And if you want to find more about the programs we offer at Sales IQ, head to www.salesiqglobal.com.